Adyen, the payments platform that adapts with your business, so you can accept all kinds of payments with one single integration. Visit Adyen, A-D-Y-E-N dot com to learn more. You are listening to Blessed and Bossed Up, presented by Anchored Media, an entrepreneurship podcast for Christians all about how to make God the CEO of your business. Get ready to be inspired, challenged, but well-equipped to live and build your destiny his way. I am so excited about today's episode. Um, Before we get into the episode, just a couple of quick announcements. A reminder uh, for those of you who are in the Georgia area, I will be speaking on November 16th at the Four Visionaries Only Retreat. Um, I'm so excited about speaking at this retreat because there are not many platforms that merge both faith and business. So I'm definitely honored that Jasmine invited me out to be the keynote speaker at the uh, prayer breakfast. So I really hope that you guys get your tickets and join me there. It's a getaway retreat um, in the North Georgia mountains. It's an all-inclusive retreat. So with your ticket, you get breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Everybody there is faithpreneur. So it's just a meeting or retreat uh, for a group of like-minded people. Um, Yeah, so definitely go to forvisionariesonly.com to get your tickets. I'm going to also post the link in the show notes. And I really hope you guys are able to meet me there. Again, I'm so excited to be there. And I'm just honored to be the speaker there. And I hope... Hope you guys come. Yesterday, we kicked off the God is my CEO challenge. I am super excited about this challenge because it's eight days and it's a chance for you to really learn how to make God the CEO of your business. So each day has a devotional from my book. It has scripture references to help you along your journey. And it also has homework. Now, everybody who's a part of the challenge is in our exclusive Blessed and Bossed Up Facebook group and um, Kavaya of the She Who Was Called Mobile app and I do accountability lives in there. So we kicked off the challenge yesterday and did a live. Our next live is going to be on Wednesday to check in and make sure everybody is on track. We're making sure that everybody's done their homework, answering any questions. I just want to make sure that I'm able to give everything that I have so that you guys could really experience the greatness that happens when you make God the CEO of your business. So it's not too late for you to join in. All you have to do is purchase or pre-order my book at Blessed and bossedup.com and you sign up at bit.ly slash God is my CEO challenge. I will put all of the links that I'm saying in the show description. So all you got to do is click them. Before I get into the topic of today, I have to tell you guys about my weekend. So last Sunday, the pastor of my church asked me to speak about tithes and offering this upcoming Sunday, which was yesterday. And I, as soon as he texted me, I immediately, immediately said yes, because I know me, if I wait too long, if I think about it, self-doubt is going to creep in. Like, you know, I'm going to start getting these thoughts about not feeling qualified to stand in a pulpit and teach about anything. So I was like, no, I'm going to just say yes. And then me and God are going to figure the rest out. And so that's what I did to say yes. And I was so nervous leading up to yesterday. I'm not nervous about public speaking. I actually love public speaking and standing in front of a room full of people and delivering a message is my comfort zone. But 
it was something about speaking in church that really added a layer of nervousness for me. And I think it's because I love God so much and I'm so passionate about my relationship with God and everything that he's done in my life and and the woman that he's molded me into. I never want to be one of those people because I've been in churches where I've been hurt or the people in a pulpit are the most deceiving and manipulative ones. And so I knew like I take every assignment that God gives me so seriously because I hold those experiences deeply to me. And I hold the experiences of you guys and people that I talk to who have turned away from the church because of the um, bad leadership. And so I never want to be one of those people who puts a sour taste in somebody's mouth for God. And because of that, I take, again, I take everything that I do seriously, especially now with God using me as a mouthpiece and not just when I speak, but I take my life seriously to make sure that I have a level of integrity that I'm, I'm actually implementing the things that I talk about. So I needless to say, I was nervous. And, um, on my fasting day last Monday, I was like, okay, God, what you want me to talk about on Sunday. And just over the week, just different ideas began to just come to my head. I began to think about what I was going to talk about. And um, on Saturday, I actually wrote out my little outline of what I was going to say. I practiced it with my fiance. He gave me feedback, told me some things to change, told me some, um, gave me some advice on how I should make it better. So we were in here practicing on Saturday. And so Sunday, I'm still nervous. I'm calm on the outside, but I'm really nervous on the inside because I really just want to make God proud. You know, that's my number one priority. And so um, I got up there and I did what I was supposed to do. But it was just I think what really stuck out about that, because that was the first time. I don't want to call it a speaking engagement, but that was the first time I stood in front of the room and spoke solely about God. You know what I mean? This is I've done speaking engagements before, of course, you know, talking about business and all of that is great. I talk about God on the podcast all the time, but this was in church and it was like a mini sermon, so to speak. So this was just something that was very God based. I couldn't rely. I couldn't fall back on my business knowledge. I had to really be speak from my heart and and allow the Holy Spirit to use me. And so that was a different experience for me. Like my fiance was asking me, he recorded me, of course. He's he's so like embarrassing, but I, I love him. Like he's we sat in the front row because I was speaking. And so he recorded me. I'm trying not to look at him because he's smiling and giving me feedback. And then at the end, he stood up, gave me this big old hug. And it was just like, oh, my God, I couldn't even I, I couldn't even maintain my cool because of him. But anyway, I appreciate him. But nevertheless, it was just a different level of emotion for me. So he asked me that I want him to send me the video because usually we like to watch things back and critique and be like, oh, I could have walked a little bit more on this part or I, sh- I could have stepped away from the podium and did this. So I could have paused a little bit longer on this part. So, you know, I like to to look back on the things that I do and not necessarily pick them apart, but just look at ways that I can improve. So the next time I go and speak, it will be better. And um, so he was like, what well, do you want me to send you the video? I'm like, nah. I don't want to look at it. And he was like, what? (laughs) 
why don't you want to look at it? So he keep trying to ask me why I don't want to look at it. I still haven't told him, so he's going to probably hear this on the episode. But the reason I didn't really want to look at it was just because I didn't want to allow my critiques of myself to take away from what I felt. And what I felt in that moment was like, I belong here, if that makes sense. It was just like, and even as I was praying, it was really, it. <laughs> the message was literally only like five minutes, but one of the f- uh, feedback areas he gave me, and this is some feedback that I got from my book as well, is that... I, I don't have to be long winded to be impactful. So it's what the, my speech or talk or sermon, whatever you want to call it, may have been as short as like five minutes, but every sentence meant, meant something. So it hits you in a in a certain way. Um, even one of the women at the church asked, "Cause she's so into my life," I was like, "Uh, yeah." <laughs> But um, yeah, or even with my book, the people who've been able to read it have been like, it's it's not super long, but every sentence means something. It's so it's filled with so much without being dragged out. And so um, but just thinking about that feeling that I had when I was standing there, it was like I belong here. And as I was praying over the, the offering after I was done, I had I was literally crying and I was mad on the low because I hate crying in public. I'm a gangster. So I'm like, I cannot be up in here shedding thug tears but I was crying because it was like I was kind of having an out-of-body experience like God what if you would have told me a year ago that I'll be standing in somebody's pulpit for any amount of time I would have told you that you were nuts <laughs> if you'd have told me I would have had a podcast where I'm talking about God and business I would have told you you were nuts but it's just so amazing what God will do in the places he will take us if we just let him use us. And so that was really why that uh, experience was so emotional for me, because it was like, wow. And a lot of times we get so deep into what we're doing. So getting for me, getting just used to the fasting every week or the praying and the learning how to hear from God and the journaling and the being obedient to the things he told me to do. It's kind of like a groove I've gotten used to. So yesterday was kind of like a moment when I was able to just kind of experience what God has done in me. Like, I can't really explain it, but just who I am right now, I could have never imagined God would have made me into this woman. Like outside of business, outside of anything, just who I am as Tatum Harrison, uh, just a regular girl, regular woman, who God has made me into I can't even, I couldn't even fathom I would get to this point. So just, I don't know, just being in that moment was so surreal for me. And that feeling of I belong here just confirms so much of what God has been telling me about just my future and the things that he has for me. Just that feeling was confirmation for me. Um, So yeah, I wanted to tell you guys about that just because... Just to offer some type of encouragement and understand that though this journey may be very difficult at times, though the season of being planted that we talked about a few episodes ago, that season where you're you're doing the things that God told you to do, you're being obedient and you're calling, you're, you are um, implementing the business ideas he gave you, all of these things, and you're not seeing the result, that, that season right there, it may be very difficult 
but it's so worth it. And I'm there's still a lot of things that I'm waiting for God for as far as um, the success goes, as far as the business goes. There are a lot of things that God has promised me this year that I'm still waiting for. But just that feeling or that out of body, out of body experience of looking at myself like, wow, God has really made you into something special. That was enough for me. And I think that was a point as I'm talking, I'm rationalizing. I think that was a point that God wanted me to get to that point of just being happy without all of the success or all of the things that he's given me, if that makes sense. I know I talked about before um, I was studying the book of Jeremiah and um, I was trying to figure out why God told me to study this book in particular. And the reason was I needed to change my perspective or my idea of what success was. And this is a chapter in my book. It's called When Success Becomes an Idol. And for me, success had, beco- had become an idol, meaning success had come had come before God at one point. So it was like everything that I was doing for God was to achieve some type of success. And a lot of people won't admit that, but I'm just keeping it real. That's the reason why I was doing some things like, okay, God, you want me to do this? I'm going to do it because... I want to be successful because you told me that you had this level of success promised to me or you had these opportunities for me. So let me just do what you said so I can get it. My perspective was wrong or I was upset because I didn't have certain things that I felt like I I needed or I wanted. I was upset. So God had to really fix my my definition of success because success is not any of those things. It's not the house in Potomac I always talk about or the, the white Porsche Panamera, which is my dream car. It's not these things that I I want. It's pleasing God, period. And God really wanted me to understand that. And it really, and it really wasn't up until yesterday where I was really content. And what, dang, I'm, as I'm talking, I'm thinking about this, like, wow, it really wasn't until yesterday that I had that moment of I'm content. And I'm content because I know that I'm pleasing God and because I'm I know that I'm doing what God called me to do. And I'm just proud of what God has done in me without all the extra stuff, without the extra success. All of that stuff is coming. It's just a matter of when. So me stressing about it is irrelevant, but I need to be joyful in this season right now. And I think I found that joy or that peace in that moment yesterday. And I want you guys to do the same thing. Find that that joy or that peace or that that feeling of being content with just pleasing God and allowing him to mold you into the woman or the man, if you're a guy listening to this, that he called you to be. So, yeah, I just wanted to share that experience with you guys. But for today's episode, I really wanted to go into what do you do when God gives you an idea? And the reason why I wanted to talk about this is because I get asked questions a lot. Tatum, God gave me this idea. Here's what it is. What do you think? Should I what should I do next? I'm not sure what I should do. And I think that a lot of us 
underestimate how involved God wants to be in the process. He doesn't want to just give us an idea. He wants to see that idea through. He wants to tell you the how, the what, the when, the why, every single detail he wants to be a part of, not just giving you the idea and then you take it and he gives you the success. And the danger in that is if you just allow God to give you the idea without the strategy, then you'll end up trying to figure out what you should do with it. And then it doesn't even become God's it doesn't even end up being God's idea anymore it it ends up being something that you created in your own strength so when we surrender our ambition to God and we make him the CEO of our business that means he makes the decisions as far as the strategy goes as well we just simply implement what he said So for a lot of you guys who are asking that question, it's important that you listen to this episode. And I'm going to give you three points, three steps that you need to do to make sure that not only are you receiving a God idea, but you're seeing it through the way that God wants it to be executed. Now, the prerequisite of this is you have to know how to hear from God. And a lot of us are not in that position to be able to hear from him. So I have a book recommendation. I recommend it all the time. But now it's very imperative that you get this book and really get into prayer to learn how to hear from God in order for you to take things to the next level. It's no longer okay for you to still be saying, I don't know how to hear from God. It's time for you to actually get to work so that you can be able to do that. So the book is How to Hear from God by Joyce Meyer. I love this book because it just talks about the the ways that God speaks to us. So I'm going to put the link to the book in the show notes so that you can get it off Amazon. I think it's only like $11. You can prime it and get it in two days. So definitely order this book, but also pray and ask God to hear his voice. Ask him, say, God, I want to be able to hear from you. He knows that, that you aren't able to discern when it's him talking to you yet. And then also... So, um, actually I'll get to that a little later, but yeah, the prerequisite to this is to know how to hear from God. So if that's something that you're struggling with, go and get that book and really pray and ask God to be able to, uh, discern and hear how he speaks to you. So the first thing that you need to do after God gives you idea is to ask for confirmation. That's the very first thing that you need to do. And this is also a way for you to verify that this was God giving you this idea. Because I know for me, if I want something bad enough, I can convince myself that God said that this is what I should be doing. But if I don't act, if I don't do anything, then and I just ask God for confirmation, then I'll wait. And it's um, it's also important that before you do any of these steps, you don't do anything. A lot of us get all of these ideas and then we're like, oh, I need to implement all of this stuff or I got this idea. Now I need to do something about it. We don't always get ideas to implement them right away. And and um, God doesn't always want us to implement them right away. He has a reason for telling us, but it's only through these three steps that you're going to figure out what that reason is or what you should do with it. So the first thing that you need to do is ask God for confirmation. The Bible says that he will confirm things with um, two or three witnesses. And it says that he will confirm things with signs and wonders. So ask God to confirm if indeed this was an idea or a business that he gave you and then wait for that confirmation. I don't know what it is about us and waiting, but it's so difficult. But we that's something that we have to do. We're not in a rush. 
And the only guarantee that we're going to be successful is if we do what God tells us to do. If otherwise, we'll just be on this hamster wheel of being busy, but not being productive or stressing ourselves out because we're doing so much and not seeing results. When if we would have just waited uh, to do these three steps, then we could have moved a lot more strategically. So again, number one, ask for confirmation and don't do anything else until you get it. Confirmation, some of you may be thinking, what does confirmation look like? Confirmation is you may have felt like God gave you an idea, let's say to start a nonprofit. And you may be riding down the street or something, listening to a podcast and They say something about why haven't you started your nonprofit yet or something just sticks out and just really hits your soul like, huh, what? Hold on. What What was that? That's confirmation. Or you just are driving somewhere and you see a billboard talking about a nonprofit and let's say it's specific to whatever the area is that you believe God is leading you to. Those types of things are confirmation. Those are signs and wonders. So again, ask for that confirmation and then wait to make sure that you get it. Now, number two, after you get that confirmation from God, remember all of these are prerequisites to each other. Don't do number two until you completed number one. The second step is ask God when. God, you gave me this idea. When do you want me to implement it? So perfect example, when I was praying about 2018 and just asking God, what do I need to be doing? What do you have for me this year or whatever? Um, God told me I was going to reach this this income milestone and in my business and he was going to show me how to do it. So I was like, cool. So that means I was on alert for getting ideas from God. So um, one of the ideas I got was the prayer journal. So I was like, okay, here goes step one. Let me ask for confirmation. I didn't really want to do a prayer journal because, I mean, I just... it just didn't pique my interest for real. So I was like, well, God, if this is something you want, you want me to do, can you confirm it? I started getting all these emails because journaling was something that I always did to grow my relationship with God. And I keep getting all these emails. Well, how do you journal? Like, what's your strategy for journaling? What, how do you write things down? Everybody keeps asking me these questions about how I journal. And I was getting tired of answering them. So I was like, okay, God, I get it. People just need prompts. So if you don't have the prayer journal, the way it's set up is it's not just a book of blank pages. It actually has writing prompts that um, you follow. So it allows you to just have some type of structure to your journaling so you know what to write. A lot of times people just don't know what to say. And so that's what it that that journal answered that question that I kept getting. So I was like, all right, God, you win. Cool. So then that took me to number two of what I'm telling you is to ask God when. Okay, God, I know I need to do this prayer journal. When do you want me to do it? So God said ASAP. Okay. Within that month, the journal was completed and ready to go. Um, and it was a very successful It was a five-figure launch. I think I think it was over $12,000 I made from that journal within the launch period. So it was like a significant accomplishment. Like, oh, wow, I guess I should be listening <laughs> to what God tells me to do. Um, so, yeah, that's an example of that. Now, for same thing for you. 
after God gives you the idea, ask them when there are things that God has told me that I'm going to do. And when I get to step two and I ask him when he's like, not yet. I'll tell you when one of them being, I know I'm going to do an event called the blessed and bossed up experience. This is going to be not a conference per se, but it's going to be something where it's indeed an experience. And you're going to experience God. You're going to experience transformation in your business. So many amazing things are going to happen. And so I was like, okay, God, when do I need to do this? And he was like, not yet. I'll tell you when I got, I actually did get confirmation for that too. I was like, all right, God, if you want me to do an event, then I'll do it. A live event, then I'll do it. So a friend of mine texted me and was like, hey, um, you know, you're going to be doing a live event, right? I was like, okay, all right, God, I see you. So that was confirmation that I'm going to, that a live event, this blessed and bossed up experience is something that God has in store for me. So when I got to the, to the second part of asking God when it was, I'll tell you when. So I'm like, cool. So whenever God pulls the trigger on, okay, Tatum, it now's the time to do this, then that's what I'll do. But what I wasn't going to do is start planning an event prematurely And then I'll be upset at the result if it's not what I anticipated. And then I'll be upset with God. Like you told me to do this. Why it is, why isn't it um, successful? Why isn't it sold out? Or why isn't it any of these things when God could be like, I didn't tell you to do it right then in there. I just told you that that was something that you were going to do. Another thing is um, when I asked God for a perspective, because one of my things this year, when uh, God had told me for you guys are new listening to the podcast, I used to do business coaching, but I fo- I did a marketing perspective. So I help people build brands that people actually wanted to buy from. And I help people with like their digital marketing. So like if you go, if, the, if somebody went to your website and they're not purchasing or something like that, we figured out how to change your website, how to, to increase the customers, how to retain the customers that you already had. XYZ. So that's what I was doing. And I had thought that I was going to continue to do that this year. But God had really told me that that was something that I needed to stop because he wanted to use me to impact people on a larger scale. And working with people one on one was going to take up too much of my time. And it was going to lower the uh, plan that he had for me. So I was like, all right, whatever. I was very stressed about that because you know, when you're when you have some type of service based business or a coaching program or consulting business or something like that, a lot of the clients pay monthly. So it's like an expected guaranteed income every single month based on the amount of clients that you have. And so it was definitely a scary thing for me not to continue to do that. But again, I had to trust God. And as God gives me these ideas, I write them down and I always ask when. So in me asking for perspective, though, of like, okay, God, you don't want me working with people one-on-one anymore. What do you want me to do? Um, I, I just broke out my whiteboard one day and I was like, okay, God, can you paint the picture for me? And so a lot of the things I was writing down. So one of them was in like the production. I got the word production. So I wrote it down and I was like, okay, all right. I don't, I don't know what this is about. I have an idea, but we'll see. Um, so when it came to that, I was like, all right, God, like, what's up with this? When do you want me to start working on productions? And then he was like, 
I'll tell you when. And I was like, cool, because I don't even, <laughs> I don't even have a brain space to be trying to do all of this stuff right now. But I say all that to say he will give you ideas, but you have to go through these three steps that I'm I'm giving you so that you can make sure that you are seeing these ideas out the way that he wants you to. So step one, again, is ask for confirmation. Don't do anything until you get confirmation. Step two, ask God when. And don't do anything until he answers that. If he says now, go ahead and start. Um, go ahead and move on to step three. If he says, I'll tell you when, write it down and just put it somewhere and um, so that you can keep it. So I like I have journals. So I have a um, I have journals. I write ideas in and I also have like a, a note section on my phone just for ideas. I have like six books in there right now that I'm definitely going to write. But I just keep them there. So when God says that it's time to implement it. I'll just go back to what I had from there and then start working on it. Um, so yeah, step three is ask God how. Ask God, how do you want me to see this through? So uh, an example about this is when it came to this book. I wanted to write a book last year um, and I started writing a book last year. My reasonings for writing a book were a lot different. Um, I wanted to write a book because from being honest, you could charge more for speaking engagements and it was a source of, of passive income. It's just a smart way to package your expertise to sell. So that was my intention of writing it last year. But some something just was not sitting well with me and doing it. So I was just like, I don't even have peace about it. Originally, I interpreted it, interpreted it as I'm just being lazy. I just need to find the strength to get it done or I'm just procrastinating. But now I know it was definitely because that's not what God wanted me to do. That wasn't supposed to be my first book. And my intentions were, I'm not going to say they were wrong because there's nothing wrong with creating something for profit. I mean, come on now, we're entrepreneurs. But God wanted me to have everything that I do rooted in him. And God had a specific message that he wants to get out through me. So by me doing that, it would just conflict or throw off what he was trying to do with me. So be, I was unsettled in that. I even finished the manuscript at the end of the year, because remember, I thought it was because um, I was lazy. So I pushed through my laziness or my perceived laziness and got it, the, the manuscript done at the end of the year. So then when it came to this year, I was still committed to getting the book out. But as I was transitioning into this blessed and bossed up message and just hearing from God more on what he wanted from me, I was like, okay, God, now we need to talk about the how when it comes to this book, because I was still getting confirmation that I was going, I needed to write a book. And I still knew that it was the time was now for me to write the book. I was just wrong with the how I was wrong with the content. So when it came to the book that is available now, I fasted about it. I sat in my prayer closet like, God, OK, what is this book about? What is what is each chapter? And I sat there and as things were coming to me, I wrote them down. So each chapter in the book is from me sitting and strategizing with God on what it was going to be about. Then when it came to actually writing the words, I prayed before every time I broke out my computer to write, I prayed. And a lot of times I allowed God to use me and I just was typing. I remember it's one point in a book where I talk about God 
um, telling me that he was going to make me a millionaire in 2018. So when I was writing the book, I put I was watering that number down and I was taught and I said originally that when I was praying about 2018, I even now I say this, I even didn't even say a million a few minutes ago when I said God told me I was going to reach a revenue goal. But um, when writing this book, I had wrote, God told me that I was going to make a large amount of money for 2018. And instantly I felt convicted in my spirit about writing it that way. And I was kind of like, uh, why do I feel uneasy about writing it this way? Like God what's going on. So remember I prayed before I wrote, so I'm expecting God to check me on certain things, to give me certain words to say, I invited him to write this book. So I was expecting certain things to happen. So when I felt that I was like, okay, God, like what's up? And God was like, why are you not writing a million? If that's what I told you, why are you not writing it down? Why are you still trying to rely on some sort of or why are you still trying to give yourself? What's the what's the correct way to say this? He was basically telling me, why are you watering down the message? It's obviously some skepticism still there about that. And so for me, it was like, okay, it was because my fear, my fear was what if I put this book out and I say that God was going to make me a millionaire in 2018 and then it's 2019 and I, let's say I'm, I'm not a millionaire, but I wrote this in this book. Like that's embarrassing, but ye of little faith, right? So God was checking me like, no, you're going to write what I said. And and if you're not, if you choose not to write what I said, it shows that you don't believe that you don't believe what I said and your faith is not as strong as you may think it is. So for me, I was like, all right, I'm going to just write it. So that's what I did. And it's in there. And so that's just an example of really strategizing with God and allowing him to see that idea or that book or that program or whatever it is that you have seeing it through because he will guide you and check you the same way that he checked me about certain things even when it came to both the challenge not the challenge the um the book as well as the journal I was like all right God like what are we going to do to get people excited about these and then God gave me the idea to do the first challenge as well as this challenge when it when we did the first challenge the blessed and bossed up challenge it was 30 days um that's when we started the Facebook group I went live Monday through Thursday every day excuse me, and talked about whatever God told me to talk about that day. And we really held each other accountable when it came to, and it was a great challenge. So then when it came to this one, I was like, okay, God, are we doing a challenge again? He's like, yeah. Like, okay, is this something I'm doing by myself or whatever? So he had, he put Kavaya in my spirit. So I reached out to her. So we ended up doing the challenge together. And again, this is just God really being a part of the execution of the idea. So again, whenever God gives you this idea, after you've gotten from through step one, which is the confirmation the step two, and he tells you when, then it's the step three about him telling you how. So yeah, that's it for, um, God gave me an idea. Now what go through these three steps, you guys, I really hope you wrote this down. If you have any questions about it, feel free to email me Tatum at TatumTamia.com. If you are struggling with how to hear from God, please order the Joyce Meyer book, how to hear from God. The link is in the show description and I'm going to take a quick break and I'm going to come back and answer questions. 
And now we are back with questions. If you have a question that you want answered on the show, go to uh, blessedandbossedup.com. Click on the Ask a Boss tab or you can email me excuse me, Tatum at TatumTamia.com. So the first question asked a lot about um, how I wrote my book and things like that. Um, I don't want to read the whole thing, but pretty much she has a story to tell and she wants to frame it in the right way to tell it. Well, I explained heavily how I wrote this book. I told you God wrote this book. So talked about that earlier in the episode but as far as the logistics goes I created an outline in um, Microsoft Word after God gave me the strategy and things like that created the outline in Word and then I began writing I set writing goals every day I like to do like a thousand words a day. I can do a thousand words in under an hour. And I'm the type where I don't want to spend too long during doing one thing. So I would spend about an hour a day just getting a thousand words out. And I did that until God said the book was done. Then after I did that, I um, printed the book out and I read through the whole thing with a red pen and I, uh, of course, edited it as far as grammar goes. But I also just was like, um, this is an empty thought. Maybe you should insert like some statistics here to kind of back up what you're saying. Or you should support this point a little bit more or move this chapter or this um, section to the beginning of the chapter. So it flows a little better in this one a little bit better. So it leads um, more into the next chapter. So just little things like that. I printed it out and did all of that um, on paper. Then I took that paper and I took it back to the document on my computer. Of course, you can do all of this directly on a computer. But me personally, I was tired of writing and I sit at my computer a lot. So by printing out and doing it by hand, I sat by the pool. I just made it a a fun, relaxing thing. Um, But yeah, so then I took that back to the document and I updated it. I got an editor. Um, I used a woman by the name of Carla DuPont as my editor, and she edited the entire book. She sent it back to me. My fiance, of course, always wants to help. So he he's an auditor. So it's easy for him. He goes line by line on documents all day. So editing is definitely a strength of his. So him wanting to help and it being a strength was a great combination. So I sent it to him. He went through the whole thing, adding comments, suggesting like you you should rephrase this sentence or use a different word for this. So he went through it line by line after the editor sent it back to me. I updated it with all his edits, sent it back to him. He edited it again. <laughs> and um, now the book is done. I use Create Space as my publisher. I like Create Space because it's a, a great self-publishing platform. It also sends your book directly to Amazon as well as Amazon Europe. So um, people can be able to purchase your book on there. Um, yeah. And then I got the, of course, I got the cover design. I use a woman by the name of Brittany Mays. And I she designed the journal cover as well as the book cover. She does a great job. So I'll probably use her to design everything, really. Uh, so, yeah, that was pretty much the process of getting the book down, done. It's available for pre-order now. Now that we're done with the back and forth revisions, I'm going to upload 
the book to the publisher to get approved again today. So once that's approved, I'm going to get a, a proof, which is a physical copy sent to myself just to verify that all the pages look right. The sizing is good. The fonts look right. And then once everything looks good to me from there, then the book is going to be available. I'm going to ship out all of the um, pre-orders to everybody and that's going to be it. But yeah, Create Space is the publisher. And if you need me to to recommend you these the people that I mentioned or send you their information, just shoot me an email. Okay, so this next question, I'm not going to give her business idea. She explained the business she wants to start, but I think it's such an excellent idea and it's something that I don't see a lot that I don't want to say it on the podcast because I know all of y'all are amazing who listen to the show, but you just never know who might come across the podcast and steal her ideas. And I don't want no parts of that. I think it's an amazing idea. But the root of her question was um, that she's working on a business plan, but she needs help. And she wanted to know, how do I go about finding a business coach? Where should I look? I know one of I know one that I went to high school with, but her clients don't seem to have any notable success with their businesses. I would like someone that could help me with creating a foundation and walking me through the legal aspects of finding a location for my business. So before I talk about the business coach part, I want to talk about the second part where you were saying creating a foundation and walking through the legal aspects of finding a location. The number one best place to go for the legal aspects is to your local department of commerce. So a lot of people go to business coaches to help them figure out how they should form their business. I think that's a waste of money. And I think any business coach who has a service based about helping people find the or figure out the formation, legal formation of their business is is ripping people off of their money, unless you're a lawyer. If a lawyer is doing that, that's fine because that's their wheelhouse. But if you're just a regular person telling people, I'm going to charge you X amount of dollars to help you figure out how you're going to legally form your business, you need to stop doing that. Um, because it's, you're not a lawyer, that's a lawyer's job. And there's so many, so much research that people can do on their own to figure that out. I, I don't know that something just don't sit well with me with people doing that. But anyway, um, definitely go to your local department of commerce, your local small business association. It's a government agency. SBA.gov is their website. And they have like centers where you can go in and talk to professionals. Um, so I highly suggest that you go to the government, whatever government branch in your area helps with this type of things. That's the best place to go. Most of the time their advice is free, but that's definitely the place that you need to go to because you're going to have to be following this this business idea is based in child care just so y'all know so this type of business you're going to have to follow some type of regulations so you need to go to whoever regulates child care businesses so that you can be able to um, make sure that you're following that those are the places that you need to go first because they're going to be the people who keep your doors open or have the power to shut that down so my first suggestion would be to go straight to those places before trying to find a business code uh, but about finding a business coach, and this is a question that a lot of people have about where should you look? I always suggest that you find somebody whose expertise is specific to your needs. 
So if the people that I would work with, I would look for people, even if they weren't necessarily looking for somebody who had marketing expertise, I would only take on people who needed marketing expertise because I knew that that's the area that I would be able to help them the best at. And that's and that would be the area that will solve their problems. So a lot of people I worked with, they wanted to make more money or they wanted to reach their customer better. So that's marketing. Now, I suggest that you find somebody who's speaks to your area, uh, your specific goals. So it'll be perfect if you found somebody who is a successful childcare provider and they are a business coach as well. That might be the perfect, who has a, a brick and mortar location. That would probably be a perfect person for you to go to because even p- people who have brick and mortar locations have a whole bunch of different regulations that you have to follow. I know Nicole, um, I don't know what episode that was, who owns a beauty salon, a beauty studio. She talked about that, like there's extra cost involved and all of that stuff. So somebody who knows that is who you should go to. Um, I like that you said that you went to high school with somebody, but her clients don't seem to have notable success. That's a huge thing to look for when hiring a business coach is forget what they say. Forget how much money they make. What is the results of the people that they're teaching? Because they can very well have great information, but teaching is a skill. So if you aren't able to effectively teach somebody else how to duplicate that success, then you're not good at what you do. So it's definitely important for you to look at people's results um, in their clients, not their results, but the results of their clients to determine if you're going to work with them or not. Also, um, take advantage of the free stuff that they have. A lot of coaches, I mean, it's a, it's a smart part of your sales funnel to offer something for free. So a lot of coaches offer things for free. So subscribe to their email list, opt into some free offers they have and kind of date them a little bit to see See if they will be a good fit for you because some people may be great coaches but they not they, they may not be a great fit for you I'm somebody who likes people to be very direct and straightforward with me I don't need you to uh, throw me any type of parties I don't need for you to make things sound good I need for you to tell me straight up with no fluff involved and I really don't care how nice you are about it as long as you're not disrespectful but I receive information well when it's straight and so some people may not be able to receive that they may they need somebody who's able to talk to them a little bit. Uh, I won't say nicer, but somebody who's able to kind of fluff things up a little bit, or they may be a little bit more sensitive. I don't know. But the person that you deal with has to be able to a- appeal to however it is that you learn. Um, so that's something I will also take into consideration when I was ha- looking for a business coach to hire. I specifically wanted to go from employee to full time entrepreneur. So I found somebody who specialized in that specifically and I dated her for a while. I was on her email list. I was trying to see what she was talking about. I was opting into her free stuff to see if she was if she knew what she was talking about. I was paying attention to the success stories of the people that she worked with to see if they're really full time entrepreneurs. And if they're still full time entrepreneurs, did they go back to jobs? Like I wanted to know all of this. Um, And so that's what I did. And it it might take you some time to find the perfect coach. So definitely don't think that you need to go with the first person. Also, a lot of coaches have free discovery calls, even if they are if if they are paid, they're usually under like one hundred dollars. And I think that that's a decent price to pay to be able to ask the questions that you need.
need to ask of the person. So definitely take their discovery calls. Don't be afraid to ask them questions. It's not just a sales call for them to pitch themselves to you, but it's also an interview for you to be able to determine if this is the right person for you to work with. And then you make your decision from there. But in the meantime, as you're going through that process of finding a business coach, I highly suggest you go to your local government agencies that regulate what it is that you're trying to do um, and then get as much information from them as possible. You may even find in doing that that you don't need a business coach. You just need to continue with the information that you got there and you just saved yourself a lot of money that a coach may cost. Also, you um, she asks, what are some things that you think I should look into or uh, learn more about to help her? And I would say for anybody who has a business idea and you want to learn more about it, I always suggest you do multiple things. One, research the industry there. You have like Pew Research Center, all of these places whose job is to do research. Find the statistics in your industry. Don't go off of what you know. Don't go off of what you feel. What do that? What do the statistics, the statistics say? excuse me, about this particular industry? What do statistics say about the target audience that you're trying to reach? Since there's a, this, since I cannot talk, my God, since this is a childcare agency, what are the habits of the parents? What are their income levels? Um, what is working with childcare agencies now? What's not working? Really do heavy research statistically on that. I also suggest that people to volunteer in a business that's similar. That way you can kind of learn the ins and outs. So look into maybe helping out if you can at some type of childcare agency that's similar to what you want to do specifically. And that way you can kind of see the ins and out, get, get buddy, buddy with whoever owns it or people that work there to kind of just hear what's going on. You can ask the, maybe the teachers there, like, Oh, how do you feel about um, working here? How long have you been working here? And just have a, a regular conversation, but that's going to allow you to learn so much. So even when you're hiring people, let's say the, the teachers are saying, I just don't like the, the pay or we don't have enough benefits. or I wish we would have this. You can take, that information and apply it to your business so that when you have employees, they're happy, they're getting the things that they're looking for, etc. Also, if you're in the environment, you can listen to what parents are saying to see what's going on and how you can apply that to your business. So really putting yourself in the environment always provides you with great information as well. I'm actually going to stop the questions here. I've been trying, if you haven't noticed, you guys, I've been trying to keep the episodes to about 45 minutes. Reason being is just from doing research on people who listen to the show and podcasts in general, 45 minutes seems to be the sweet spot. So I definitely want to keep the episodes as close to there as possible, as opposed to letting them go too, too long. Uh, So yeah, thank you so much for listening to another episode of the Blessed and Bossed Up podcast. If you want to reach me, I'm not on Instagram. I know you guys DM me all the time. Shoot me an email, Tatum at TatumSimia.com. And I will talk to you guys next week. Amazon business honors Jill Lau, chief procurement officer of Global Network Bank. Last week, Jill saved big and used Amazon business to help her team buy 327 headsets. Now Bob can keep his conversations to himself. Wait, am I still on speakerphone? With business buying easier than before, Jill now uses her extra time to focus on growing something big. Buy smarter, dream big.